0: Privacy is a right, and here, privacy is not a right yet, and I, I think it will be soon.
1: There will always be somebody stronger, faster, and smarter than you. Surviving depends on your adaptability to change. Those who are the most adaptable are dialed in. So Harvey, as most recently, like I think this just happened, Harvey, right? Like you are most recently now, the past president of ISOC Houston, uh, and you've been, you've been with, with ISACA for many, many, many years. So let's bring out Harvey and uh, get this show on the road. Hey, Harvey, welcome to the show. Hey, Kyle.
0: Long time no see. How are you?
1: Absolutely good. So Harvey, uh, let, let's get right into uh, what the thing that you were the most dialed into, right? So on this show, we're talking about becoming the most adaptable to change, the most adaptable that we can be to change. And like, that's the thing that you're dialed into. Like, what is that for you?
0: So it's, it's been around privacy for about five years now. And we can get into it later. But as you've mentioned, I've given back to organizations for, for a long time. And, and Osaka, probably the longest back before it was called that. But, but about five years ago, um, I had just finished a contract up in Keller, just north of uh, Fort Worth, helping a company on identity access management. And I figured I would be in that the rest of my life, basically. And instead, I got a call to see if I wanted to help somebody with GDPR. And I couldn't even spell GDPR at the time. And I'll tell you a little joke about that in just a minute. But I I got with a friend of mine who I had helped before. And he had been with Shell for many years. And we spent an hour together on it. And I felt pretty briefed in GDPR. I talked with a lady with the firm. And uh, Sharon said, yeah, you did good. We're going to have to talk uh, next week, though, via Skype with my manager. I said, yeah, no problem. So they called me back about three days later and said, hey, you know Mark Johnson. I said, yeah, sure. Yeah, he's spoken for me a couple of times. Why? They said, well, he said, I know Harvey. Bring him in, give him $3 more an hour on the contract. And, and so, so I started that. And then shortly after that, that fall in October, Safe Harbor was invalidated by the EUCJ, European Union Court of Justice. And they just uh, invalidated the successor to that, Privacy Shield, uh, on July 16th of this year. And so they're now referring to that safe harbor invalidation as Shrimps 1, because the last one was Shrimps 2. And it affects the trade, a lot trade coming across, even to the point that Ireland is telling Facebook not to send data you know, to the U.S. from Ireland. So it's it's a huge thing. I started learning more about it. I started putting in to speak at conferences and I've just been in it ever since. And thank you.
1: Wow, absolutely, absolutely. I I mean, in all of that, like, what is, uh, you know, what is in your uh, purview and your perspective? Like, what is the, like, what, what draws you to privacy? Obviously, there's a lot, there's a lot of changes going on there, right? You mentioned GDPR and all those things. Like, what's the thing that drives you to it?
0: So, so I didn't I didn't realize it um, probably until I'd been in it a couple of years, and I was in front was with a panel um, with uh, a guy from Germany, I believe, at the time, and another person here uh, in front of ISC squared at their one of their security congresses a few years ago and and it suddenly uh, dawned on me and i think others at the table that the reason there's such a culture change between GDPR privacy in europe and privacy here is because their privacy is a right and you should not be able to people should not know your ethnicity or your religion and the reason the reason behind all of this is because they've had a genocide And we haven't recently. So I think it goes back just to to the roots. And I think that is so I I believe basically I believe that God put me in this in that job that day and in this field. And and I I think it's where I need to be. Now let me just quickly segue and say a couple of years ago, I was up in uh, up in Michigan around Grand Rapids, helping a pharmaceutical company adjust to GDPR. And a friend of mine was very happy to have brought me up there. He's with Experis, great guy. And and Bill was saying saying to his friends he was he was showing off his new knowledge of GDPR and what it was. It was coming in and people were going to have to understand it. And so somebody heard it a couple of times. They looked at him and said, Grand Rapids Police Department. So that's what I meant by not being able to spell GDPR.
1: On, Rapids, yes. that's awesome that's awesome. Well I mean uh, since we're on the topic um, you know what in the most simplistic terms for for people that, that don't know any better like so I mean what what is the deal with that like what is the deal with gdpr and and why is that so important
0: Well it's around privacy as a right and here privacy is not a right yet and I, I think it will be soon you know we have our uh, mini paged EULAs that you sign or you don't get access. And, and I really think, i heard this from a friend of mine uh, last year, I really think it's going to take another law like Sarbanes-Oxley geared to privacy. And what Sarbanes-Oxley did was it brought in controls, but it also said, hey, there's prison sentences in case you don't do it right. And then it also placed financial expertise on the board, and this will be placing privacy expertise and cybersecurity expertise on a board much like the ftc did with facebook in their consent decree last year
1: wow wow okay got it so you know looking forward to like privacy regulations of like potentially 2021 and beyond right you don't have a crystal ball or anything but you know what 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 are you pre- predicting what are you projecting you know i mean obviously gdpr is is huge in the eu and you know we got the thing going on in california i don't even know what it's called but you can probably correct me on that. But like, you know, like you said, it's not here in the United States yet, right? Like on a massive level. And is that in our future?
0: So I I, I think it probably is. You know, I, I think there's many there, there's several companies that know they're under GDPR here in the U.S. and they're doing their best to meet it and to comply and to meet the spirit of the law. There are some other companies who I think probably believe they're under it. But, you know, maybe they can't get me yet. Get to me. I don't have presence over there and maybe they aren't quite where they need to be with that. I, I think that is going to change. I think part of the issue is right now we're obviously in a pandemic and about the biggest concern we have about privacy is contact tracing. But other than that, we're just trying to survive and get the economy returning again. So we're not focusing on privacy, but but I believe that we will next year as the economy returns. And to your point about CCPA uh, CCPA with California, California Consumer Privacy Act has, it's it's not really GDPR. It's a little different. And it it didn't quite have the impact that the creator McTaggart wanted. And so I believe he's behind a, a ballot issue to have CCPA 2.0. And I think it's called CPRA, where it's really going to have GDPR in a much more stringent manner. And once it, so it's on the ballot, and I would argue it's probably going to pass in California. And if it does, then they're not going to be able to change the law. And that was initially done with CCBA last time, except McTaggart told the legislators listen, I won't put it on there if you want to pass it and then change it. And so that's what happened. And it didn't quite, as I understand it, have quite the impact he wanted. So this is on the ballot when it passes. I think it will it'll probably it's my understanding being a pretty strong gdpr like regulation it may just spread across the states next year so that's one possibility and what's fascinating about it is you know some people are are very aware of canada's law pipeta not sure exactly how you pronounce it pipeta pipeta but if you look at this new law coming in, if it does come in, I believe it's going to be stronger than, than Pipeta, which is largely based upon privacy by design and privacy principles, which is very good and which is the basis for any privacy framework. But it's going to be interesting to see what happens.
1: Well, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Royce, Royce says uh, state-driven laws and globally GDPR set off a waterfall. I mean, I think that's kind of fair to say, right? GDPR started this waterfall effect and it's the effects are not even seen yet.
0: Absolutely right. No, absolutely right. And I I saw a a friend of mine sent me a uh, publication by by Gartner, that is saying I think by 2023, 65% of the people in the world are going to be under some sort of privacy law. Now, the fascinating part of that is it's not going to be harmonized. So they're all going to be saying different things. And so so it's it's creating a lot of work for for privacy professionals. I would argue that if you really, if you really twisted my arm, I'd say we don't have any privacy. But privacy is going to be a big business as we try to gain it.
1: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, it will be. Uh, what what do you say to you know? There's obviously the work from home thing. Uh, I call it living at work now because that's <laughs> living at work now uh, instead of working from home. Same thing. But you know, obviously that's put a huge strain on privacy as well because now we're you know maybe we're using a vpn maybe we're not who knows right we're <laughs> all these things on the internet now our our home networks are meshing in with our corporate networks right so there's a, there's a lot of concern there um and then you know we're on these same networks with like alexa and siri and hey google all these things right so you know like
0: <laughs> you didn't get me started about Alexa. this is
1: a big loaded question but like, like you know what what is the current state of, of things i mean it sounds like chaos to me but like what's the current state of things and how do we how do we even begin to make sense of this right
0: no i like that so so thank you so regarding uh, we could probably just work on that question for the rest of the time but uh, <laughs> so but working from home it, it brings to mind that privacy is based on security security has to be there as the foundation and and we realized that i helped um, i was a part of all three workshops of the of the NIST uh development effort for the privacy framework and we finally realized that yeah you've got a you've got to pivot to a framework first like uh the, uh the security framework that they put out then you've got to put privacy on top of that. and with respect to alexa it is amazing it is amazing of the innovation that you can have from that and how it's driving it with alexa and all the google-like products you know you're seeing the commercials about cars you know, and the things that you can do, you can you can your dog can jump up throw the dog and throw the water dish under the under the sink. And you can say Delta, fill it up. But there's a price to pay for that. Mm-hmm. And okay. and and your your privacy information, uh, thanks to the uh, ability to easily and cheaply store content, it's going to be around forever. And you really don't know who has access to it. And there have been some interesting cases with Alexa, I believe, and with Amazon, I believe there was even one case in GDPR where one newspaper sent into Amazon a request for information under GDPR about one person and got a reply back on another person. Wow! So, yeah, yeah, which kind of is a breach in and of, in and of itself.
1: Yeah, and there's the there's the uh, I forget the details, but there's an Amazon Alexa in court case that like they use it as evidence, right? So like that that's going to happen more and more frequently. Yeah, but then like there's this like there's this deeper, more philosophical question at bay here, and like and that is, you know, most uh, let's be I mean let's be real, most people don't even care about they they may say they care about privacy and security, but they really don't because their actions kind of show otherwise, right? Um, because you they're looking to remove friction friction in their life, and that, that's what Alexa does, and that's what these things do. It, it removes friction. So like there's this balance of like I could remove all this friction, but I give up all this. Privacy and security, or I could have all this privacy and security, and like I don't have a smartphone. I live off the grid. I'm relying on sun power, and like you can't get me. But like now, I'm not even relevant in the world, right? So like there's a balance, right? And I guess everyone has to figure that out. But uh, what, uh, what are your what's what's your take on that?
0: No, I think you're absolutely right. And and right now, I think we have chosen to want to get ahead, Um, you know, and so we've chosen no privacy now. And, and I think it's a lot of it is in your perspective and perhaps a little bit in your age. It's my understanding from a friend of mine who teaches uh, classes at a university, uh, a, a two year university, actually a four year, too. You know, he's saying that he's trying to get his students to understand that, yes, it's convenient that Google knows all about you and they can populate things and make things happen quickly. But think about the price of that. You know, think about when you you, you start looking and others, when you start Applying for jobs, looking and seeing what there is. Uh, somebody told me about a a um, a documentary recently, and I'll get you the name of it. Social uh, dilemma.
1: The social dilemma.
0: Yes, that yep. is. Thank you very much. I understand you look at that. and-
1: yeah. it's lighting the internet on fire right now on Netflix, right? So that's yeah. That's, that's yeah, that's a topic.
0: Yeah, and and what is a lot of the what is a lot of the actions that come from that? Mm-hmm. They're getting off of social accounts. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, it's fascinating. So, yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot there. Now, you know, I, I have some friends who've got an iPhone and they, they'll they just sit there. You will be texting messages and it takes them a lot longer to text with me because I take the easy way out. And I I involve uh, Siri, who I'm 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 nicknaming Iris because she gets a lot of it backwards. <laughs> so, you know, I'm willing to take I'm willing to take that chance just to, you know, for productivity, as you had mentioned with. the Right.
1: right. Yeah. 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 But. But I, but I noticed you're an iPhone guy, not an Android guy. So that there's, a, there's a reason for that too.
0: Well, there probably is. I've always been in, intrigued about wanting to try try the other, but I I've finally just given up on simplicity. So, and, and right. yet I'm not sure that I totally believe that Apple's got my back with respect to privacy. I don't quite believe that either, but but I've been comfortable with the iPhone. It, interesting observation.
1: Thank Might you. Have, <laughs> but, you know, if there's anybody, I mean, you gotta, you gotta go choose the lesser the, or, the, or the greater yeah. in either respect, right? So, um, pivoting, pivoting back to, uh, I know we got a few more, uh, but halfway through here, but pivoting back to kind of your career and, you know, what it was like to kind of climb the ranks as you did in your, in your giving back, uh, as the former president of Isaka, right? Like, like what was, what, what was that like? Uh, and you know, what was that journey like for you?
0: So that was, yeah, the ISACA Houston chapter. So, uh, it, it was fascinating because I I actually got involved with the chapter, going to the chapter and actually had my name on the charter back in 1974. And the Sokka International says it's 75, but it was really 74. If they can produce it and tell me differently, that's great, I'd love to see it anyway. But it was amazing because several guys had already done the work. There were seven or eight of them up there on the street corner in front of Shell as we were getting ready to go to the meeting. And I said, hey, put my name on there, would you? And they looked at me. It's kind of like you haven't done any work. I, said, I know, but I will. And and so what's fascinating is I'm the only one that's still involved in the chapter from all of those who had who had done that. And, wow. and yeah. And so I I uh, there was a period of my life, too. Um, there was a period of my life where I actually chose to leave. Texas, unlike most Texans, right? And move outside of Texas. And so um, I I did so. And I was up in Rockford, Illinois, working for Sunstrand and moved over to Milwaukee, working for the light company. And and there, um, I actually co-founded the Osaka chapter there and became the second president. And I actually named it, and somebody had convinced me that you, if you want to get a good name for something, you know, name it after an animal or something like that, or, or something. And so, so we called it uh, the Kettle Moraine Chapter, based okay. upon an ice formation, a glacial ice formation. And and I think they tried to change it later, and that's fine. But but I was up there doing that, and and I actually moved over to Salt Lake City, lived there a while, worked for Blue Cross Blue Shield. And actually then moved to Las Vegas, which I didn't even think it had a town when I interviewed, but it did. And I worked for the gas company and have since moved back here. And it was fascinating when I when I came back here, interviewed for a position. The guy looked over, looked at me over his glasses and said, now, tell me, son, why would you ever leave Texas? So I had to agree with him. But it's 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 been a good experience because as I've traveled and consulted with companies, I can relate to people in different areas, you know, based upon some of those experiences.
1: Oh yeah. Absolutely. Um, as someone who yeah. has not stayed put, uh, for longer than five years, I can relate to that. <laughs> you, you There's different perspectives. I was, I was in Dallas most recently for four years and now here I am in Austin, still Texas, but it's different. So yeah, I can relate. Um, so, you know, what would, what, what would you say is like, you know, you've, you've done a lot in your career. Like, what would you say is like the number one thing that you wish you knew? uh, starting off then that, you know, now that you wish you knew then.
0: Okay. No holds barred question, right? Yeah. Okay. So, so I wish I knew about privacy more, but more than that, I wish I had known Christ a lot earlier in my life. I've given my life to Christ when I came back to Houston here in 1991 and it's made a tremendous difference. And so, so that, that is there. We've also talked before, let me, just, let me just segue really quickly if I may. You were asking what I was passionate about and it is privacy. Mm-hmm. and and what I would like to do, and it's interesting, you, you know, when we talked before you described it as a moonshot, so I appreciate your, oh, yeah,
1: you, your moonshot idea. Yeah.
0: Yeah. appreciate your, you're encouraging me to say that. So, so for some reason, I'm, I'm not sure, sure why, but, but it, I, it would be my dream effort to be able to help president Trump with privacy, to get that installed across the country in whatever manner that, that, that is, you know, whether you can get it through, through legislation or, or in working with whomever to get it to, to get it through other methods through the states or whatever. I would just love to do that.
1: So no, thank. You. No, that's incredible. And like like I told you before, like uh, just a few moments ago, like you know I don't I don't I don't know many people that can articulate like this is my moonshot. And like for you to have that, that's incredible. Like how did you how did you come to that realization? Like this is like this is what I want to do. Like you had the idea, and like this is it. This is what I want to do. This is what Go I on. want to try to do at least.
0: So, so the best I can. Yeah, it's a good question. The best I can do to answer that is that I know that privacy is just in my blood now. That's that's what I want to do. And and unlike some people, I have great respect for President Trump and his values and what he's doing and returning our country to our roots in terms of, you know, we, we were here because of God. And, and it's, it's a good thing. And so I just it, it just kind of came together from there. And I even felt I even felt um, when when he went into the hospital recently that he was going to be out within two weeks. And he is. And I just pray to God he doesn't have a relapse and he stays out and things go well. Mm -hmm. So does does that help a little bit?
1: Yeah, that does. That does. Um, Yeah. I mean, you know, as people out there who are watching this, like they're looking to to figure out their career and figure out like what like what their purpose is and what their value is and what they're dialed into, how they how they remain adaptable to change, right? Like that's that's always the thing that we're always fighting constantly, is like, how do we stay relevant? How do we get what we want? And how do we figure out what we want in the first place, right?
0: Exactly. Let me also, for some reason, I'm inclined to share now, Kyle, that one of my most exciting positions I had, it was only eight months, but it was with NASA, um, Johnson Space Center out yeah. here. And I was working with the international partners and we were in NASA's terms, controlling the ground segment, of the communication up to the space station, and I just enjoy it. I was able to go to Canada and lead a bilateral security summit there. You know, with the folks who were building the robotic arm for us. Wow. I had a chance to put on a, a five-day conference, invite everyone here from the international partners. You know, about continuing to learn in this space on security, and 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 I was even able to go to go to Moscow. And to participate in a bilateral summit there, and one of my most—I I think my most exhilarating experience was to have been in the mirror control control room, mirror station uh, control space station control room. <coughs> Granted, nobody else was in there at the time because it wasn't circling overhead, but it, it was fascinating to see that. And and I, I another story that comes to mind just related to that is my mother-in-law at the time was really concerned when six months later that it was going to be brought down. And she said, oh, it's going to hit the country. And I said, no, I don't think it is because, you know, granted, they don't have quite all the tools we have. We had some interesting experiences over there. They would do what uh, what they needed to do in terms of printing. Printing reports and then turning around the other side and running it through the printer again, but they were conserving. But I said, "No, these guys know what they're doing," and they and they brought it down safely. And it was just fantastic to be able to relate to other people in other parts of the world like that.
1: Oh, that's an that's an incredible experience. I mean, yeah, uh, yeah that's awesome. That's very awesome. Um, now you know we're coming to the tail end of this thing here. I know we have a hard stop soon. Um, just a, just a few more questions for you, if you don't mind. Um, what would Uh, What would you say is the biggest surprise you've had uh, during this whole pandemic, uh, besides the obvious things that we've all seen, right? Like, what's the thing that was most surprising to you?
0: Well, the first thing that comes to mind is um, everybody's got to make this decision themselves, but I've I've always respected New Hampshire, I believe it is, live free or die, Uh and 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 we all we all have to make the decision of you know when do we go out what do we do, and and it, I was a little surprised that uh, of the of the timidity there and and maybe I was reading it wrong maybe people were you know making the right decisions, but but if I could as an analogy I remember when I first became a believer in Christ I was reading about the plague bubonic plague a long time ago and i was reading that Christians would would help carry the sick to hospitals. And I began just being a new believer, I began thinking like, why would they do that? <laughs> yeah. And and the answer is that they were moved by the Holy Spirit to do that. And probably in most cases they were protected in doing so. So we've just got to, you know, it, it's it's make our own decisions about what to do. And I, I think that was that was my biggest surprise. And also that that we did turn to a lockdown so quickly. Uh, you know, it's looking like other countries have 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 made it made have made it without it, but you know it is what it is, and I just hope and pray that uh, that it will be conquered and that people will recover from it, and that we will also reopen our economy very quickly.
1: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely makes sense. Um, uh, what would you say uh, is like the single best book or resource that you've ever consumed? So.
0: Yeah, so I remember, I remember uh, you know being asked if you had to go to if you were marooned on an island, what's the what's the book or books you want, right? Yep. So again, just just in 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 total honesty, I have have gotten the most from from the Bible, from reading the Bible, from even just reading the Psalms, a couple of Psalms and a Proverbs uh, a day, and, and I think that has really helped me to to in, increase in wisdom and understanding and in the Psalms, help me understand God better and Proverbs help me relate to
1: people better. Absolutely. Well, cool. Uh, I appreciate uh, you being on the show with us today, Harvey. What's a uh, one last, one last piece of guidance that uh, someone instilled on you that, that you'd like to part with here.
0: Oh gosh. Um, basically I, I think give, give back, you know, to to those who have much, much is is expected and and just be more of a giver than a taker, which I think a lot of people are.
1: Thanks for listening to Dialed In. This show is brought to you by Acuerdo.io, the world's first orchestration agency for the future of work. Go check us out at Acuerdo.io. This show could also not be put together without great partners, Robin Austin and Casey Yarbrough of Elevate Exchange, membership for IT leaders. And remember, to win in life, to win in business, to win in your career, it's not about being the strongest, the fastest, or the smartest. It's simply about being the most adaptable to change, the most dialed in.